Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome in. It's Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. Mac McDonald and the host, Ralph Sampson, because it's Center Court with Ralph Sampson. His name is all over it. Stick, how you doing? The madness of March. Are you uh, catching your breath after everything that's happened the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, it's March madness in the rare form. Uh, it was a great March with college basketball, but, you know, all the other sports are lining up. Baseball now, I'm getting ready to start to play and the Masters. And, I mean, so at that time of year where I think everybody uh, is geared up for the, the spring and everybody mm-hmm. wants to get out and do something. So it was like, fun to see, you know, Kansas win. Um, it was interesting to see Duke and Carolina, which we'll get into as well, but, uh, I enjoyed the March Madness for yeah. sure. What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, you know, you got to play the games. You know, with St. Peter's, you, you got to play. Great stories always come out of March Madness. There's mm-hmm. the Goliath and there's the Cinderella and there's coaches' stories and behind the scenes stories and player stories that we don't get to see all of that. But, you know, they come out sometimes and it's just fun to watch. Um, the, 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 the competition rises to a certain level and that, that gives you an idea of your people themselves or when, when Mike, when you was um, either playing golf or commentating games mm-hmm. or me with my kids or, or, or playing games that you got another level in you. If you really dig down deep enough and pull it out of you. And you saw that happen even in the Carolina Kansas game, Carolina had them down mm-hmm. 15, 16 points at halftime. And they didn't step on the gas in the second half. I always think that, you know, remember, we talked to referee Duke Etzel, and it's always been a theory of mine that during the NCAA tournament, the officials are told, and I, I did hear this once from somebody, that they want the games to be on time, so swallow the whistle. In other words, let them play. And I felt that, that Kansas came out second half and said, we're going to kick your you-know-whats, yep, yep. and we're going to see how far we can push it. I thought they were just... They out-muscled, out-physicaled, out-toughed Carolina, which let, you know, they got back in it. And Bill Self had the great thing. You know, he said the great thing, too. He, he told his team in half, he says, look, would you rather be down 15 at half? Or 15 or, at the end of the game, right? Yeah, with 20, with 20 minutes to play, or right. would you rather be down nine with two minutes to play? So right. he goes, let's make it up. And they had three great possessions. And, of course, the rest is history and how that how that all unfolded. But uh, I, I thought Bill Self was was masterful. Uh, Hubert Davis, a lot of great stories there. Well, we have a lot to cover. And when we come back, she is now the queen of college basketball. She is a former Cavalier and she is Don Staley. And boy, her press conference was special. Ralph and I return and we talk the madness that was March. This is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. We'll be right back. A bold new experience is coming to Charlottesville. Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson is opening the American Tap Room. It's an upscale sports bar brought to you by the basketball legend himself. Ralph Sampson's American Tap Room has been built in the spirit of competition with everything from burgers and wings to premium steaks and seafood. 
The tap room also features a special Ralph's House IPA made by the Three Knots Brewing Company. With the grand opening just a couple weeks away, now is your chance to join Ralph's team and get in on the ground floor of the American Tap Room Lunch. Whether you're traveling for the game and looking for that special pregame meal or meeting that important client, Ralph's American Tap Room is in a terrific location in Barracks Road off of Emmett Street. Discover Hall of Fame greatness. Log on to americantaproom.com. I felt a great deal of pressure to win because I'm a black coach. If we don't win, then you bring in so many other just scrutiny. Um, like you can't coach, you had enough, you know, to get it done, but yet you failed. You feel all of that and you feel it probably 10 times more than anyone else. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back, Center Court with Ralph Sampson, Winter Circle Network, and uh, great to have you. We will uh, we'll kick off our 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 madness that was March. Uh, you know, and talk about Dawn Staley because she is a, a former Cavalier, and uh, you know she attended UVA from what '88 to '92, and uh, a 12-time gold medal winner now, and she has a couple of, of championships and. You know, Ralph, she had so many great things to say. She held court basically in her postgame press conference, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, you know, Dawn, as a coach, as a person, her heart is in the right place, isn't it? Oh, my God, yes. Um, you know, from her days at UVA and doing building the basically building the women's program and taking it to another level with Coach Debbie Ryan, which, which we know and love. Mm-hmm. You know, that hardcoreness of Philadelphia, where she's from, and then the things she's done, you know, with Olympics and, you know, gold medals and now two national titles, Mac, they, they, they could have, they, they could have won last year when the, mm. the, 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 the player of the year misses a layup, right? Basically a, 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 a gimme. Right. And so they were on the verge, but I think it's a lot of lessons learned in that as well, that they came back and played the way they did this year because they had that chip on their shoulder and they wasn't going to be denied all year long, not from the coaching staff, not from the players, not from the university. And it's to be a testimonial to Dawn. Uh, and then, you know, I'll tell everybody as well, you know, she's and I are the two biggest players in basketball at UVA. And we have our coaches in John Paul Jones Arena. And, and she's, she's growing and her, her legacy is going to be way bigger <laughs> because she, she, she's winning national titles now as a coach. And so uh, kudos to Dawn. And she's very special. Yeah. Lady. Um, really, it seems like all the, the really successful coaches are totally different on the floor than that you know they're not clint east to it you know gino is a little clint east to it the way he coaches but did you yeah. did you respond to a coach who was a sideline maniac you know did you have any co- and i don't want to call terry holland a sideline maniac i don't mean that but they were so fiery and so intense that their demeanors changed well i think the the good coaches are just good, but the great coaches know how to motivate their players. Mm-hmm. Coach Holland, his demeanor wasn't fiery uh, in the locker room or practice, but if something happened and he got out of sorts, mm-hmm. you knew it for a reason. Right. And and he could kick it in gear with you by just his look or tone. But I, I could sense him, obviously, I know better now when I look back at it, but I remember times when he was in the locker room saying, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And, you know, he could look at me or point at me and hmm. he, he knew if I was up or down or Ricky or somebody needed to be kicked in the tail, he, he could do that. 
And certain coaches can do that. And you mentioned Gino, which I'm sure he he knows how to do that. I mean, how many championships that he won, right? I mean, right, it's, it's crazy right. how he can push buttons. Oh. And, and 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 I think all the Dawn's players notice she's tough, right? And mm. she's probably tough on them no matter what. Right. Across the board, but when she speaks, she speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mike, I was th- looking at the uh, salon and and, and she comes out in some Louis Vuitton shoes and dress well. And so if you come out in that, you better you better have your stuff together, right? You better have your stuff together. I love the jacket. I got to admit, when we and we are going to try to get her on the show, so I'm going to ask her about that jacket. I thought that jacket was killer. That's exactly right. Well, exactly. anyway, she had some wonderful things to say. So some post-game comments from Don Staley. One of the things that she took time was to talk about the net and what the net meant to her and what it's going to mean to other coaches along the way some of our black male coaches they don't get opportunity some of our black journalists don't get opportunity to elevate so we're gonna we're gonna try to cut this net up give them a piece of it and just hope that it will be something that they can utilize to advance in the area that that heart desire to in their in their fields so she really wants to you know she's just stepping forward and she really wants to grow the game. She mentioned that when they got beat by Missouri earlier in the year, that it was great for basketball. And she believes that the women's game is growing, but it has a long way to go. She is a proponent of growing the game. Here's Don Staley. But I get, I get the big picture. I do. I get the big picture. So I just want to be a great example of how to do things the right way and, 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 and keep our game in a place where, the integrity is intact because uh, that's that's the way we'll grow. That is the exact way we'll grow is just just lifting each other up, you know, giving us a platform where we're you know we're encouraging. We are we are helping each individual be the best that they can be and succeed. You know, she is one who also had the same major that you did at the University of Virginia right, right, right. In, in communications, but very well-spoken and really from the heart that this this lady, you know, six-time coach of the year, she's a Hall of Famer, uh, came from the playgrounds of Philadelphia. And then, you know, when, when Debbie Ryan got her and Ralph, and you know, just her life changed when she came to UVA. But once she started to coach and at Temple and then taking – you know, her game and taking her life to South Carolina, things changed. It, it definitely changed. And now, you know, I, Mike, I hear these statements all the time. You, 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 you can understand the uh, diversity that may be needed, but you know, sometimes as an African-American guy, I, I, I don't see black and white. I never grew up and I saw black and white. When somebody says a black person, a white person, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Mexican person, I see people, right? Right. And I think with all the stuff around the world that's going on, we see people. And you see the devastation in Ukraine, you see people, good people getting killed, whatever. So I think if once this world stops dividing people, then you, you won't have this diversity issue at that point. Mm-hmm. And Don, you know, she, she's in the front, front lines of it. So I understand what she, she's doing, but it's not just the sport itself getting more coaches. You know, there's got to mm-hmm. be more trainers. There's got to be more statisticians. There's, I mean, basketball has so many job titles up under the umbrella that you can do, you can be an usher. I mean, uh, we still know ushers and John Paul Jones Arena has been there for 40 years yeah. because yeah. they love the game. Yeah. Now, some people might not want those jobs, but but it, it, it gets you involved in the game. And I see it at John Paul Jones. I see it at, I see it at every, every school, university, NBA team, et cetera. 
But and I go back and tell people when I got to the NBA, it was only 18 people, 20 people on the staff total. Mm-hmm. Now it's like 500. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it has evolved and, and the pay has evolved, you know, crazily. So uh, Don is right to do it, just lead the charge and, and, and everybody can step up. But you got but you also got to produce and it's big money. And when it comes to be big money, instead of helping kids get an education, then it becomes a whole different ballgame, which I think with this name and likeness stuff we'll talk about later as well, that now it's become big money and, and the education is going to go down the pot, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. So I'm a big component of, you know, I love my degree, University of Virginia, and uh, it's carried me a long way after the game. And so I think if everybody jumps on this bandwagon of helping people succeed instead of helping culture succeed, then I think we'll be a better world. Oh, very well said. And and certainly the game of basketball can go a long way. Final soundbite with Dawn in her postgame press conference after the national title on Sunday uh, a week ago, where she talked about, is South Carolina a dynasty? Four Final Fours, a couple of championships. Is Are the Gamecocks a dynasty? I don't think winning two national championships or going to Final Four back-to-back is considered a dynasty in, in my day and age. Aaliyah and social media, yeah, they, they really think they're doing something really good. <laughs> if it takes winning 11 national championships to be a dynasty, you know, I'm probably going to fall short of that because I'm not going to be in the game long enough for us to win 11. Don Staley, who, you know, you paid a little tribute to UConn and, and Gino that 11 national titles means a dynasty, a couple of national titles and a couple of final four runs. You know, you're not a dynasty yet. So I love it. Don Staley, very humble. And if you are a coach and you'd like to write for a piece of that championship net, just uh, go online. You can find her email and uh, send her a little piece of congratulations. Overhelp, sneak a peek, pay mightily. Kills. Just hit one. Dig down. Hip back. Four. Step back. Three. Two. How about the confidence? By one. Manic in the area. Woo! Is this enjoyable? How many times does a game with this much buildup not only deliver, but exceed even your wildest expectations? Racing. Pull up, three, no good. Rebound, Carolina. And the fairy tale ride for the Tar Heels continues. And Coach K's legendary career has come to a close. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome in Center Court, Winter Circle Network, the month that was March and the madness that was March. And Ralph and I kind of uh, wrapping up uh, really a, a, a great month of, of basketball and moving ahead to spring and summer and all the things that are ahead. The Coach K retirement, Ralph, I want to talk about that, uh, dial back to a memory in 1980. But people think that Coach K, this whole wanting to that that his ego wanted to be stroked to to go on this final tour and that wasn't the case i saw a comment once where coach k said no 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 this is about a transition so i can transition john shire and that the program can stay stable and you know right. you know who wanted to do that in 1988 and 89 ralph uh terry holland yep T- terry holland wanted dave odom to be a co-head coach at that yep. time at UVA and the athletic uh, director at that time said, no, 
no, it's not going to happen. And so Terry walked down the hall and told Dave Odom, go ahead, take the wake offer. Right, right. Because Wake Forest had already offered him. And yep. so, and Terry said, he told the AD, Terry said, they're going to come out and kick our butts <laughs> because Dave is that good. But that Terry was a believer in that and, and yep. the, the co-head coach thing and Mike Krzyzewski want to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, the proof is out there. Coach Odom moved on and recruited Tim Duncan became mm-hmm. a powerhouse and coaching career for a, a lot of years and build programs, not only awake, but in South Carolina and anywhere else you went. So, UVA missed the ball back then, but yeah, hey, it is what it is. What is it? You can't change history. You can only learn from it. So exactly. Uh, exactly. All right, let's go back to 1980. Want to? I want to play something for you. The initial Coach K introductory press conference from Tom Butters, and the TV report that the TV reporter didn't even know his name at the time. Yeah, yes. Duke Athletic Director Tom Butters introduced Mike Krzyzewski to the media, saying that the 33-year-old Chicago native was Butters' first choice and received the unanimous consent of the Duke Athletic Council. There is no doubt in my mind that Mike is the brightest young coaching talent in America. In his five years at West Point, Krzyzewski's teams posted a 73-59 and record, including a 20-win season in 77. But this past year, the cadets won only nine of 26 games. It's an honor to be uh, named head basketball coach at Duke. Uh, I've come from a, what I think is one of the greatest schools in the world, the United States Military Academy, to another school that I think is one of the greatest schools in the world, uh, Duke University. And I hope that... Uh, the confidence that these people have in me, that you'll see results from it and that you'll see a continuation of the program that uh, Bill Foster and his predecessors have done. Krzyzewski's philosophy of motion offense and man-to-man defense has greatly been influenced by Bobby Knight, who coached Army when Krzyzewski was a player. And the new Duke coach will bring one of his assistants from West Point, former Wake Forest guard Bob Dwyer. At Duke University, Johnny Phelps, News 2 Sports. So Johnny Phelps, wow. Krzyzewski. Is that Krzyzewski? Was, <laughs> was the way it was. So 47 years later, I think uh, I think Coach K made a statement, don't you? He made more than a statement, back, but it takes me back to 79 when I was uh, the first player, high school player to make to the Olympic team. And Coach K, I, I made mention of this on one of our shows before, Mm-hmm. And Coach K was assistant coach, and Bobby Knight was the head coach. And we went to the Pan American Games, and the rest is history. Where Bobby Knight smacked a, 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 a policeman, <laughs> and we had to be sequestered <laughs> in a, another place. But and I was still being recruited, that. and I just assigned to Virginia. And Coach Holliman, and everybody was there. And if I needed to get out of there, I knew I was going to be safe. It was crazy, but I don't think many people know this. But Duke didn't want Kaszewski. They were the number one pick. His number one pick. They wanted Coach Paul Ware from Old Dominion. Yeah. And I know Coach Webb well enough to stay there because he mentioned that. And his son told me that whole story where they were going after Coach Webb and, and he wanted to build something special over the menu. And so he backed out and turned them down. And so, I mean, you heard the guy here say Coach K's record was 9-17, and 17, whatever, <laughs> yeah. his last year in the Army. Right. Like, okay, I get a 9-17 and 17 coach and I have confidence in him to build a program. I think they got. I think they got their money's worth, right? Yeah, no kidding. That many years where he comes in and within a short period of time, three or four years, he's got the program already built, and yeah. it's moving and grooving. So, kudos to Coach K, very special guy. That's a terrific story. And forty-seven years later, as I said, uh, I think the choice and and Coach Shashevsky always 
you know, credited Tom Butters for hanging yes. with him in the early eighties. And a lot of the, uh, well, a lot of the, the ACC, um, uh, film and tape that, that I've been watching and you, and I mean, you guys had your way with Billis and, you know, the early, those early Duke teams in the early eighties, Rob, you know, you beat them by 40 in the ACC tournament. I mean, they were awful, but once he, yeah. you know, he started to get a couple of players in place. Well, it made a big difference. So with all that, and then the retirement in the final game on Saturday night, uh, you know, over a week ago now, it just seems like it was yesterday. But when when Carolina uh, ends Duke's uh, season, Coach K's career, uh, a lot was being said about maybe because of the transfer portal and that Nolan Smith decides to go to leave the, the Duke family and go to Louisville, another member of the ACC Brethren, that this was going to change everything, especially with this uh, recruit, Derek, uh, I think his name is D uh, Derek Whitehead from Orlando and Montbird. Right. You know, now Jay, Jay Williams of the Duke family, former guard, goes on national radio and he predicts that Coach K is going to return. Listen to, the, <laughs> listen to this report. If you're Nolan Smith and you have a great relationship with all these players, you're in the conference, man. You're at Louisville. You're picking up the phone and you're saying, yo, Dariq, yeah. like, it's time. Yeah, we're yeah. here. We this is what you. we're doing here. We're going to put together a different team. Be coached by somebody. You can – it turns into recruiting battles, man, and it weakens your hold on number one class. So if you're Coach K, how do you strengthen that hold? I'm coming back. That's, that's a good that, thought, Jay. That's a good it, thought, but I don't know if that's It's a good thought. Exactly. Well, the next day – this was last week. The next day – Mike Krzyzewski said, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. And of course he does a, a syndicated uh, satellite radio show. So he's got the whole radio hookup in his office. Right. So he donned the headset, was asked the question and coach K set the record straight. I'm, I'm, I'm done uh, with the, yeah. the coaching part of it. And, you know, I've been so lucky to be in it for 47 years and almost five decades of coaching at either West Point or, or Duke, and then 11 years with U.S., you know, how lucky can you be to be in that arena with two of the best institutions in the world and then to represent your country in the in the global arena? It's been an unbelievable honor, uh, and I've, I've loved it. I, I've loved doing what I dreamed I wanted to do when I was 16, and that was to be a coach. It went on steroids, you know. I mean, all the opportunities and the people who've helped me, and obviously, one of the main things is the players that you have an honor to coach, who have been so very talented and so very committed to uh, to team play. And as a result, we've won a lot of championships. And obviously, you lose too. But uh, th those times that you win are, are cherished. All right, Coach K, and yeah. thanks to ESPN Radio for those sound bites. We appreciate it. But yeah, just I, I'm not coming back at least for the coaching part of it. Well, you, you heard that. <laughs> I heard that part. Yeah. And he, he was very specific on that. Yeah. So he's he's gonna help recruit no matter what. He's gonna be yeah. around the game no matter what. And I'm sure he'll be welcome at practice anytime he wants to come. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I'm sure his wife's gonna say you need to take some time off and you know just rejuvenate yourself as well. But what I find interesting that Mac is this. You, you see, mentioned Nolan, Nolan Smith goes to Louisville. Now, his dad played at Louisville, played Correct. the NBA. Correct. Uh, uh, and passed away. But And I, I, I was at the Duke game, a gym game. Nolan knows me because I know him when he was little and looks mm -hmm. up and says hello. 
but he has the relationship with all those players. He's, he's one of those guys that recruits. So he goes from one situation to be associate head at Louisville because right. Louisville program is in the tank. Right? Yeah. You got to get a good coach and maybe he's the head coach every one of these days, but the name image like that the transfer portal is going to get crazier now than it's ever been because the coach K and the, um, the big, the big programs are not going to be able to get those one and done anymore. Right. Those one and done years are over and we'll see what happens uh, in the near future here for sure. Yeah. And uh, in the next segment, of course, we're, uh, we're going to talk about Hubert Davis and Carolina and, and all that goes on with the, the transfer portal and what is happening with that. Um, we will certainly get into that, but this is a time now for it's and Ralph, you know, this, and you've talked about it many times. This is such you know, in real estate, there's a buyer's market and a seller's market. Yep, now yep. in college athletics, it's a player's market. Right, right. You right. know, yes, coaches coaches have always had the ability to move. Coaches have always had the ability to take that take that offer and, and get the raise, you know, and, and move on. But now the players really control their own destiny. And I, as far as, you know, the coach and the programs themselves, I'm not so sure that's that's good. But at least if I'm a, a parent and my son or daughter or my, you know, that I want them to be a professional at some point. I mean, three, three UConn players have jumped. Now they're jumping to the WNBA. So right. they're leaving early. Now that's not a transfer portal issue. But when I tell you next segment, when I tell you the numbers, Ralph, of the portal, you're going you to, the latest numbers, you're going to go, you're going to go crazy. So we'll get into that. Brown on Manic, and here we go. Manic circling around. He slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. And Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback all time. Oh, it's, well, it is. It's a long time. It's 14 years. Uh, uh, we've had some really good teams and some great players uh, uh, during that stretch. Uh, you know, these things don't fall off trees. I mean, they're hard to get, and uh, I think uh, there's only a handful of programs that's won two in the last 14 years, and we've become one of them now, so uh, really excited about that. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome back at Center Court with Ralph Sampson and madness that was March. And, you know, we, we wrapping up the month and everything that, that circles around it because it certainly was a showcase. The Saturday night game over a week ago now, the Saturday night game with uh, Carolina and Duke, Ralph, was a, a thing of beauty and certainly put Carolina instead. And, and you know, I don't the whole final four, the Kansas Villanova game was almost an afterthought. It was like warming up for. You know, I, I said something like that. That game was the Dave Matthews band of, you know, because absolutely, Dave absolutely. Matthews used to be a warm up band for so many of uh, major concert events and stuff until they got, you know, so good. But I mean, it was it was like the Masters and all the talk was about Tiger Woods and no, nobody else really even figured into it when Tiger decided to return a play. Well, now that game. The Carolina Duke game just overshadowed that that semifinal Saturday. Big time, and it, Big and time. it and it lived up to the hype, didn't it? It lived up to the hype. Hype. It definitely overshadowed. And I think Kansas played their semifinal game. It was so easy for them, right? Mm -hmm. That they thought it may be they they didn't, they didn't kick it in the gear until the second half of the North Carolina game. 
Right. So I thought they saw it was easy. And I said this going in that I figured the Duke Carolina game would be a knockdown drag out that both teams would get beat up a, a little bit and then be tired on Monday night. And I think right. Carolina showed that the second half of the, of that game. Cause they, they couldn't step it up. They thought they could just stay in that motion that they were in. They were still on a the high, they beat Duke, but Kansas is a different animal than Duke. They got, they got some pros on the Kansas team and the cool. shelf is, you know, 20, 18, 19, 20 years at Kansas has built a great program there as well. And the players showed up the second half and it was amazing final four to watch. Yeah. I, the way Kansas responded trailed by 16 down by 15 at half. And then the second half, uh, they cut it, they cut it to nine in a hurry. And uh, it really made a big difference in, in Carolina just never recovered. Anyway, uh, talking about Kansas, Bill Self and the history of Kansas and what it's like to coach there when you think about the names and the people, the Chamberlains, the Dean Smiths, oh, yeah. and, and even the uh, James Naismiths. Here's Bill Self. When the inventor of the game was your first coach and yeah. when the likes of Adolph Rupp comes from Kansas and Dean Smith comes from Kansas and Wilt Chamberlain comes from Kansas. The expectations are such where being good is okay, but it's not enough. And so nobody's ever put pressure on me. We got to win another one. But I think I put pressure on myself knowing that this place deserves more than what we've won. Yeah. And Ralph, you hear coaches talk about that all the time. I I put the pressure on myself. Nobody else is really, you know, putting the pressure on Bill Self. And ironically, which some of the writers wrote, this is a team now that is under that still under that Adidas NCAA investigation right. cloud. So that program is still, you know, being looked at, but boy, what a, what a performance against Carolina on Monday night turned out to be a heck of a game. Heck, uh, I mean, and, and, that, and that cloud that hangs over, you know, the, the Duke, the Carolinas, the UCLA's UCLA was that way back in the wooden years, right. Mm-hmm. They, they built a mm-hmm. dynasty and they never been able to recover from the wooden years. Like they like that. And that's hard to do. Uh, Don Staley is building her uh, legacy there in South Carolina. Gino has built it. Only other coach really other than Wood and Gino has built a program like that. But Kansas is out there in that Midwest, and you think of that area as mostly football, right? And yeah. they come in there. But think about Will Chamberlain and, and the people we mentioned, some of the greatest people that ever coached played the game of basketball you know, in, in, in this world. And he's there building a program like it. And if he can consistently stay consistent every year, then mm-hmm. he can do that. But it's hard to do that. Uh, because you got so much other competition at Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, and all the other schools. It's hard to do that, uh, I think, in today's world. Yeah, they called it the blue bloodiest Final Four with Villanova and Duke, oh, yeah, Kansas, yeah, and uh, Carolina. And, and and one footnote, too, when James Naismith moved from Massachusetts to coach at Kansas, he lost his first game to the Kansas City YMCA, no, uh, yeah. 16 to 5. So I just thought I'd give you that. He got beat down, man. He got beat up 16 to 5. He had no that, shooters. That little piece of history. All right, transition to Hubert Davis. For a first-year coach to accomplish, you know, this was – they were an eight seed, okay? They were on the bubble in, in January and February. Carolina was getting no love at all. Uh, Ralph, how does a coach change it, and especially a first-year coach? Think about this. What was Rory Williams saying on the sideline to himself? He said, I should have just waited one more year. I could have been here. And then me and Kay would have went out together, right? So I think he may have been thinking that as a coach. Yeah. But 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 Hubert already been groomed to be the head coach over his 10-year uh, period at uh, at Carolina, right? So he, he was already groomed to be the head coach. Mm-hmm. So he's ready, set, go. His system was already in place. That's what Duke's doing with their new head coach coming in. 
So systems don't change. But when you're the head coach and now you're in the heat of battle making those decisions on the sideline, it's a different ballgame. I think Hubert saw that during the course of the season where now I got to be the guy making those decisions. And he had to go back to square one and say, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? And I'm sure he consulted with Roy Williams. If he didn't, he's crazy uh, for not to do that and say, what do I need to adjust? How do I need to do this so we can get there? And they found a way prior to the ACC tournament to kick it in gear and get to the final four. And also this echoes what we just spoke about earlier. There was the transition too. Hubert Davis was on the Roy Williams bench. He was learning the ropes and the Carolina athletic department and the powers that be, they had no problem making Hubert no Davis problem. the head coach. No and Roy Williams even said, there's your guy. And so when he gets the endorsement from the head coach and then become, and then gets the team to the final four, the first run, how can you be how can you be disappointed with your selection and and what you've done right right you can be i mean cuz they, they 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 that's those programs and they those programs will continue the history you know i, I talked to you can see Kenny Smith on TNT or mm -hmm. i'm sure all the, uh, James Worthy on Instagram saying that the Carolina Blue goes through and through and they have to hire a Carolina guy they can't go outside their family duke can't right. go outside their family now to get that done they do the program could take a, a turn for the worse and never get back on track and that's what a lot of programs, you know, that do that. I mean, Virginia now is back on track with Coach Bennett, and mm. he's got to build an internal coaching staff that will leave that legacy for him and Virginia basketball. Because if you don't, you got to start over from scratch. Now, Ralph, you knew his cousin, Walter. What kind of guy was he? They call Walter Davis the Greyhound. He could run all day long, all over the court, all up and down the court, played in the NBA, one of the toughest small forwards in the league that I ever played. And uh -huh. really fun guy to be around and hang out with. I, th I think he's probably one of the best underrated guys that don't get enough recognition in ACC for what he did in ACC and how he played because he, he, was, he was a beast. Yeah, awfully good. Well, anyway, post-game Hubert Davis, he was asked in, in one of the uh, uh, lingering moments, you know, the, the moments etched in history was Hubert going over uh, Brady. Monik was – uh, immediately in tears, hands and knees. You put a lot into it. You get to the final game. Uh, a writer wanted to ask why Hubert, why did you embrace Brady Manick, you know, right away after the game? It was important for me to do that because I love the players and I care for them. And they were very emotional and crying. And that's my job is to support them and to care for them and to love them and to be there for them. And so it was nothing more than just caring for them. Yeah, you got to care for the players. And also Absolutely. Hubert touched on at the press conference about, you know, giving his players a lot of credit. It was great that they got there. Uh, they know it's a, it's a program on a solid foundation. But Hubert Davis knows his place, and he wanted to pay tribute to the guys that took him on the journey. My desperation for them to have those experiences in a Carolina uniform was very important for me. And I was very thankful that I feel like this year they were able to have a, not just – they were able to have a number of experiences um, that they could grab on and to lean on and to smile about. Um, the thing that I shared with them in the locker room is along the way, as they were experiencing it, they were giving me more stories and testimonies and memories really? by just having a front row seat to be around them. And so um, I, I said before that, you know, I can't remember a time in my life where I should be disappointed, but I'm just filled with so much pride. I'm so proud of these guys, of what they have done for themselves individually as a team, 
the way that they have represented our university, this program, our community. I can't ask for them to do any more than what they have done. And I am, I am extremely proud of each one of them. Hubert said so many great things in that statement. I didn't want to, yes. uh, I didn't want to cut it short, but he, you know, was very eloquent. I thought in his, his closing comments. Very eloquent. Sounds like a politician to me a little bit, <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast. But think about him and his own experiences through his playing career, coaching career with the coaches he's been around from mm-hmm. Dean Smith to Roy Rams to Guthrie, to all the people he's been around. And then he said it right that he got a front row seat to experience himself. And then his first year coaching, he gets to the final four. Yeah. So that legacy continues. They embrace that blue. They embrace mm-hmm. that color. They embrace that as a Carolina graduate or Carolina basketball player or Carolina fan. You know, somewhere like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the America's team, they embrace that another dark blue. But I see some <laughs> Cowboy fans. They haven't been to the playoffs and the Super Bowl in 20 years, probably, but they still Cowboy fans. Yeah. And just like Carolina fans as well. Uh, it's good stuff. Well, they they also have the Michael Jordan logo still going. So, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's, that's not a bad I one to have. They had to tie that in. All right. Just a quick transition before we go to break, because now with with the madness that was March and team, you know, coaches making moves uh, in December and January, there were over 3,000 D1, D2, wow. and D3 football players that tested the portal waters that went into the That's just football. Portal, right? just That's football. just football. Wow. In D1, in D1, there were over 200 quarterbacks oh, wow. looking wow. looking for wow. a new team. Okay? So I, I know we're talking basketball too, but I want to make this transition. It's spring football time. And so Brent Pry was asked the question. He's the new head coach at Virginia Tech was asked the question about what's the difficulty, especially at that position, especially now with a transfer portal. I thought these answers were great. You know, the quarterback position is the most fluid in this portal. When you go back and look at the quarterback numbers, it's it's atrocious, to be honest. So, um, you know, what do you sign out of high school? What do you say for a portal? Does your backup stick around? Does he leave? Uh, there's all kinds of things that go into that. So a lot of attention required in that area and making sure that that quarterback roster looks like it needs to. Yeah, there you go. And Ralph, as far as recruiting, Pry was talking about, and wait till you hear this comment. If I can find my guy a good NIL deal, maybe it'll make a difference. Listen to this. I'm always going to want to recruit a, a young man out of high school that has a chance to come in and and earn the job in year one or year two and and be the guy. And maybe the conversation is, is he leaving for the draft, you know, early, or is he going to stay for a final year? I'd rather have those conversations and, you know, have a nice NIL deal for him to stick <laughs> around and, and see it through. So, but, uh, you know, it's not always going to work that way. And so you have to have measures in place to, to protect uh, the position and the team. Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry. And, Ralph, now that we have the tournament behind us, we are looking forward to an offseason of – transfer portal, name image likeness, and maybe a couple of other changes in the NCAA. Maybe even the tournament. Stick and I talk about it when we return right after this. Almost a turnover there and leaves McKim open the step. Discover the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Approach it like it's a job. This is an assignment. You know, this is your words on a, a videotape or a radio. 
we're going to be able to listen to it and grade you. Hall of Fame broadcaster Dan Patrick. Anybody can make a big game sound big. Can you make something small sound bigger? That's the challenge. From play-by-play to producing to anchoring, we have your invitation. You should be learning now. You should be progressing. You should be a finished product, at least to the best of your ability, by the time you've graduated. We want you already midway, if not all the way through that. So when you come out, you're ready to go and ready to get a job. The Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting is located at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. It's time for you to discover your next journey. Welcome back, Center Court Winter Circle Network and the, the madness that was March. And we now transition into April, college football spring games. A lot of programs around the country, as Brent Pry was just talking about, new quarterbacks, new new coaches, new, you know, just a lot of changes in uh, in college athletics. And Ralph, if I asked you, now that we're we're off the tournament in the NCAA tournament, it's such an entity. It makes so much money. Yeah. Are there any changes in your mind that need to be made I don't know, selection process or requirement. I don't, I really have to maybe go deeper in it. Maybe it's a, an hour conversation at a later time over an iced tea. But do, do you see that's any changes we, that need to be made? That's something we should look at. I mean, I think if you look at the show built around the changes in NCAA, mm-hmm. because I think with the, the power five co- conferences mm-hmm. and the NIL and, and the portal, it's, it's going to change the, the structure of college sports. Yeah. Period. Across the board. Right. I mean, I looked at, you mentioned football players in the portal and, and mostly quarterbacks. Well, you had a backup guy that was a quarterback, but their starting quarterback was pretty good. And mm-hmm. the other quarterback wanted to play. And then I was following really close to with Coach Tony Ellett, new head coach at University of Virginia Football. And so he sit down with the guy and said, look, you know, you're an athlete and you can maybe be a receiver. So he's got his, had to change his mindset a little sure. bit. So that many quarterbacks in the portal is, is, is kind of crazy. It's only you know, a head guy, a backup mm-hmm. guy. If you're mm-hmm. a football player, you want to play. You can sit there and watch somebody for four years and yeah, and, and not play at all. So that's kind of crazy to me. But the whole just NCAA is going to have to change. It. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, it's it's going to create and it'd be crazy to lose March Madness, you know, mm-hmm. because it's one of the biggest things out there. It makes a tremendous amount of money across the board, which we all know. But the other thing, Mac, with this uh, name is Lake University of Virginia, because I'm on the board now of CAF, CAF Futures. And we just did a deal with uh, a couple companies, and they got a now a million dollars over like the, only within like a month of stuff and endorsement for players at University of Virginia. I didn't know that you jumped on this committee. How good is that? Well, I mean, you know, with, with Carla Williams and then uh, the football player sure. uh, that, that came about. And then Lowe Davis went from the foundation to the Cav, Cav, Cav uh, Futures made more sense. And I've been preaching this for a couple of years to UVA. And they never pulled a trigger, which, okay, great. It is what it is. But we got the Darden School and the Law School. Two powerful schools at any <laughs> university that can rank in the top five, right? But as an athlete, I can't go there and talk to them about my NBA contract. I can't go to business school and talk to them about how do I structure stuff as an athlete. Why? Why? Why not? NCAA rules and, and school rules. Now, but now you can. I was going to say. So now yeah. you can. You have a voice, so you can sit on that committee. I can sit on that committee and, and talk and about. Can come through, right? They, they can come through the CAF futures and sit down. You can take them now to the law school. You can take them to the Darden school. You can take them to the econ school and understand 
the basic economics of your contract or life. But it, it dumbfounds me as well when I say that because the school is not teaching me what I need to know in my regular classroom because something's got to give, right? So I think all of this is going to change dramatically here over the next couple of years. This is Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Uh, you can find us everywhere thanks to all our great affiliates across the country and in the state of Virginia. We absolutely love you. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald, and that's today's Center Court. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. It's all on the line. In a one shining moment, they're frozen in time. The time is short, and the road is long. In the blinking of an eye, that moment's gone. And when it's done, Cause inside you Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.